0: Are you ready to get the body and health you've always wanted? It's time to do it. This is Bodies by Brent. Brent has been a personal trainer for 16 years, and now he's all yours. Interviewing the pros in health, wellness, and the fitness field. Get educated and motivated. Let's get to work. From Austin, Texas, this is Bodies by Brent. And this is your host, Brent Ruska.
1: Welcome to another episode of Bodies by Brent. I am your host, Brent Ruska. In today's episode, we have Mickey Ash. Mickey is an artist. She's a creative, and she is a phenomenal yoga instructor. I wanted to have her on because I wanted to hear about her story of finding yoga and how it changed her life. And it did not disappoint. I also wanted to ask her in depth questions on how do you develop a mindfulness based practice and what are different tools in order to do that from journaling to eye gazing to meditation. We go over all that in this episode. So let's give a warm welcome to Mickey Ash and I hope you guys enjoy. Mickey, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Yeah, thanks so much for being here. Introduce yourself for anybody who doesn't know who you are
2: awesome. my name is mickey i am a yoga and meditation instructor you've taken my class here at black yeah.
1: it's an amazing class
2: it's pretty fun yeah i'm from la i grew up in los angeles california and have lived and traveled all over the world and most recently landed in austin um mid-pandemic moved here may 2020 and have just been cultivating community here in Texas and I have an app it's called The How and it's basically a library of wellness practices I've been teaching for over 10 years so it's all of the tools and the practices that I've used to get from where I started to where I am now and just yeah sharing wellness and creativity with the community and Trying my best to empower people to live fulfilling lives.
1: That's an amazing intro. (laughs) Thanks. And you have a very amazing, powerful story. And that's why I have you here to share that. And also, you're the first podcast I'm recording in the new year. And a lot of people are trying to create a new life for themselves, Mm -hmm. new habits you know, change things in their lives in a dramatic way, right? And so I wanted to know a little bit about how you found yoga Mm. and the moment you decided to kind of commit your path to yoga.
2: Yes. Life pre-yoga was so different from when I found it. It was definitely a clumsy and accidental beginning. If you knew me growing up, I was not athletic at all. I was the one that was, you know, picked last and just, like, made any excuse I could to get out of running the mile in P.E. I hated
1: running the mile.
2: Just (laughs) all my friends were so athletic and, like, surfing and dance and all these, like, teams in high school. And I was just an artist, like, drawing in the corner, like... Not I was just so bad at everything physical. So the fact that this is like my whole life now is just crazy. It blows your mind. (laughs) I never did gymnastics as a kid or anything like that. Like I couldn't even touch my toes when I started doing yoga. I was angry in my first class because I was like, why are people like so (laughs) flexible and happy? What's going on? So anyways... After high school, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Thought I wanted to be in fashion, very different than the yoga lifestyle. I moved to Paris and that was fun, but it wasn't fulfilling. And so it's like I still don't know what I want to do. I moved to New York, thought that I would go to school there and and, you know, figure it out, but I was just like partying and drinking but i didn't know how to drink so i was just like blacking out like it was not a good situation i was a hot mess super depressed in a really bad relationship just lost didn't know what i wanted to do or who i was i definitely was not taking care of my body or my mind and i was just like miserable living in my own brain my from my friend and my roommate her mom has always been very holistic and she just like took one look at us and was like girls what are you doing with yourselves like you are either drunk or hungover like you guys are a mess you need to do something good for yourself and i just never even knew what that meant or what that was and she said just go to a yoga class so i went to yoga to the people it was a donation studio in new york and I honestly couldn't tell you if I was sweating or crying like it was a miserable experience probably because I was like detoxing and I just had no endurance and it was just so challenging but I knew that I needed to do something so that was my first like yoga class I was like okay I'm gonna do this and then a few weeks later moved or came back to LA and my dad basically was like i'm not gonna pay for you to live in new york like it's way too expensive you know you can go to community college here if you want and i was just like oh my god my life is over you know i was 18 or i was 17 at the time and that's like i'm not going to school i'm back home living with my parents i have no job i just got out of that shit relationship and was just yeah. like my life is over you know everything is so much more dramatic at that age yeah. anyways and
1: you're you've been trying all these different things trying to follow these breadcrumbs and figure mm-hmm. out what's working and
2: nothing was working
1: and now you're kind of like
2: i was like i'm starting from zero again like yeah. we're back at the drawing board what am I gonna do with myself? And yeah. it's like I have no money. I can't even like do anything. And so I was. Just, I found a donation studio. And I was like, okay, I can at least show up. And because yeah. um, you
1: knew yoga felt made you feel good before, it made me feel
2: good. I just I don't know how else to describe it other than there was a little voice in my head that was like go to yoga. <laughs> I was like, I'm just gonna go. <laughs> yeah. What else am I doing with myself? Yeah. So. I went and I remember like pretending to put money in the donation box because I couldn't even afford like a few dollars per class. And finally, I went to the teacher and was like, look, I really want to come, but I can't afford to pay every time. And he was like, I don't even care. Like, I just want you to be here. I can see that you need this. So just come. Don't worry about the money. So that was a huge relief for me because I was I just, you know, it was kind of like that guilt and that shame of like, oh, I can't afford this but I still knew I needed it. So I just kept showing up and I started going every single day. And I just remember feeling so good after class one day, like I felt like I was just floating out of the room. And I just, I couldn't put, I couldn't connect the dots myself of like, what is this secret recipe of me just standing in these funny positions for an hour struggling but then feeling so good afterwards and so the curiosity really ignited within me and I started to ask my teacher questions and he really fostered that which I'm so grateful for and he was just like you should do a teacher training and you know, I had no idea what that was. I'd never even thought about becoming a yoga teacher, but I just wanted to understand the the why, the philosophy. Yeah,
1: what's what's happening to yeah. you? Well, before, in the beginning, when you were, can you remember a moment that you had a kind of a profound experience in the very begin, like the first couple months or classes? Can you remember back to a moment that was like you're in the class and mm-hmm. you're experiencing a shift or a change or you know, a different feeling.
2: I mean, I remember very distinctly, like not being able to do the majority of the poses. I could barely hold a down dog. I couldn't hold a squat. Like it was all hard for me. And then every time I stepped on my mat, it just became a little bit more comfortable. And a pose that felt so foreign, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, I can do this. And I didn't have to do anything crazy. I didn't have to be anyone other than me on this journey to accomplish this. So that just gave me a lot of confidence. And I could feel the results of the practice, especially because I was starting from zero. So like everything felt like a huge accomplishment.
1: Yeah, you were you saying I mean? you're not athletic. You weren't, you know, yeah. doing it weren't super fit or anything. <laughs> no, <laughs> really? not at all. Yeah.
2: Like even my family to this day is like, we still don't get it. How how did this <laughs> how did you become this?
1: <laughs> it's meant to be. Things it's, some things are just meant to be.
2: Yeah, definitely. So I just like I said, I followed that curiosity. I asked what teacher training did you do? I did that. And, you know, Teacher training is thousands of dollars, and like I said, I was just broke. I didn't have any money, and so I was like, I need to get creative here. Can we do a trade? So I worked at the studio at the front desk, and I painted. I did murals for them in the studio and different paintings as a trade for the teacher training experience, and I just dove all in. I was the youngest one in my group. I was 18, yeah.
1: It sounds like you're starting to just follow the feeling that was kind of guiding you within, right?
2: Luckily, my parents have always been very supportive. They're not traditional, you could say. And so they were always kind of just like, what do you want to do? Follow your heart. It doesn't matter if, you know, in my mind I was like, I need to finish high school, go to college, get a job. But
1: the program that we're all given is, I don't know, millennials.
2: I just never fit into that ever. So it gave me permission to, to follow my own path and to create my own path because you know 12 years ago yoga was not what it is today no, i that's was complete... the biggest weirdo my friends were like wait what are you doing you're do you teach yoga like what does that even mean but i'm so glad that i i did that and and followed that passion and and took time to learn more
1: that's amazing and it sounds like you've continued to cultivate following your own intuition and it's you know, rewarded you very well. And Mm. everyone who's followed you, I'm sure you've changed Mm. so many (laughs) amazing lives. I think so. That's why you're here, because I want to help everybody listening change their lives. Well, tell us for people, because there's a lot of people who still don't understand what yoga is, Mm -hmm. the basic principles and philosophy of yoga.
2: Could you speak on that a little bit? Sure. I mean, my definition and how I've related to the practice has also changed over the years. For sure. Now what I have come to understand and what I feel is in the yoga sutras, the definition of yoga is yoga is now. And that's what I feel. It's like we get so caught up in trying to nail these poses and then it becomes an external experience. And then we're taken out of the present moment, but we just use the the practice, the poses as a tool to become present and to develop an awareness of ourselves, our judgments, our reactions. So yes, it's this physical practice. And that's definitely why I started. I wasn't going for a spiritual experience at all. I was going because so I was like, my body feels like shit and I'm depressed and I need to work out. Yeah. And then I was like, wait a second, there's so much more magic here. And at the end of the day, it's taught me to be present and live life in the moment. And I mean, obviously, that's not like all day, every day. I still have to remind myself to come back. But I think that's been the biggest takeaway. It's like it brings us back to this moment. And this is really the only place that life exists, right?
1: Exactly. The present moment.
2: Mm -hmm. Be here now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So. You have the asana practice. What are some of the other tools or uh, rituals or practices you use on a daily basis or guide someone who's new? You Mm -hmm. know, they're first starting yoga, uh, they're interested in taking care of their health, or they're interested in this being more present. Mm -hmm. You know, what are some of the other tools you have people start to implement or you implement now in your life?
2: Well, luckily now I feel like wellness has become such a massive industry and we have access to so many tools, which is helpful because options, you know, give you power. You have the ability to decide what's best for you. And some of the practices that I use besides yoga uh, are journaling. Writing is really helpful for me because I'm, you know, there with the paper and pen in hand and like I have to be focused on what I'm writing. Um, so it really helps ground me in the moment. And Do you have
1: any journaling prompts or practices that people can kind of apply?
2: Yeah. I mean, right now on The How, I'm doing like a 31-day journaling. I, you could call it a challenge, but mostly like I just wanted to provide a way to hold people accountable to actually sticking with it. So on my app, The How, if you just sign up for the notifications, then you'll get a journal prompt every day to your phone just to give you a little bit of guidance. But I do have a few go-tos. One is I am statements I think are so powerful just because, you know, it's it's how you define yourself, you know, or we all have our own narrative script, right? And our own definition, our story of who we tell ourselves we are. And so getting really clear on that definition is really empowering. You know, if you're writing a whole page of like, I am strong, I'm focused, I'm determined, I am loved, I'm supported, then you're like, wow, I am all of these things, you know, because sometimes we don't even realize that we're like, I'm not good enough, I'm not doing enough, I'm not successful enough. And if that's the script that's going on in your mind, like, that's not, as empowering, as if you're taking charge of who you are, right?
1: Exactly. So you're using journaling as a way to rewrite voices or the thoughts inside yeah. your head. Yeah,
2: exactly. To kind
1: of change your you know, view of yourself or your self-confidence. Totally. What is other ways you can use journaling?
2: I love using it for gratitude and manifesting as well. Another way that I write is um, I start off with the phrase, I'm so grateful now that and then writing using my imagination. I'm really big on the imagination. I feel like we get so stuck on what is when we're really trying to create something new. So let's say, you know, before I started my app, I'm so grateful now that I have an app and I have all of this content that impacts people's lives and I have this many subscribers and basically just expressing gratitude for what I want to create as though it's already here in the present moment. Does that I l- make sense? I love that. Yes.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. And I think explain why gratitude is so important to creating the things you want in mm. your life.
2: I love gratitude. I'm a huge proponent. I like... Always ask people, what are you grateful for? That's awesome. (laughs) Which I'll ask you too. (laughs) Gratitude for me, really, it it takes us from a, a place of lack of not having what we want to a place of abundance. Like we truly all have so much to be thankful for. Just being alive, waking up in a healthy body, having the freedom to come and connect and have a meaningful conversation, you know, it shifts our attention from what, what we don't have to everything that we do and i feel like gratitude really energizes what you're asking for so for example when you express gratitude for something that you want to have happen as though it exists in this moment it's as though you're drawing that future reality closer to you now
1: yeah and that 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 makes total sense it very powerful. you become a magnet. Yeah. What are things you've, you know, when you were first beginning on your journey, when did you start to practice this gratitude and actually see it create changes in your life?
2: Hmm. That's a good question. I don't know if there was a distinct moment because I imagine gratitude.
1: Yeah. So you're, I imagine as you're practicing yoga and just being in the moment, you're just probably becoming more grateful. Just for things around. That was at least my experience. The more I started practicing yoga, you would just have these moments where you're sitting there and you're feeling grateful for random things. You're Mm -hmm. like, this is nice. Yeah, this good. (laughs) This bubbles up.
2: It's true. Like like I said, I suffered from depression um, before I started practicing yoga and I just felt like freedom in my mind. It was like one of the things that I really – took away from the practice was like I think I was always looking outside of me for validation and approval and you know joy and how ha- I was seeking outside of myself for like these feel good feelings and in the practice it was like oh wait I actually cultivate happiness and it's something that I create from within and it just like my mindset shifted. And it like I said, I wasn't going to yoga for that reason. It was just a byproduct of being consistent and showing up for myself. And the thought patterns changed from feeling bad about myself and then all of the, you know, trickling effect of that to feeling confident in myself and feeling empowered and fe- feeling capable and that just, it's like a ripple effect. All of these other good feelings just start to come along. Like you said, you magnetize them more.
1: Yeah, that's awesome.
2: (laughs) It was great. I'm so glad I had that revelation.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Tell me, I want to know, so you you began your yogic journey, but tell me about a time that was, a very challenging, one of the most challenging times that yoga and your practices helped you through. Because we all go, (laughs) I I had a, (laughs) a, when I first started doing yoga, my first yoga instructor was a Buddhist nun, ex-Buddhist nun who also studied behavior cognitive therapy. And so she would integrate like all of it into one thing. And she would always at the end give a talk like, in life, there are two by fours coming for you. And we all get them. Death in the family, a tragedy, a health issue, whatever it is, and you can't avoid it. But you have a choice of how you can kind of go through it. And it's, and she would always say, practicing yoga or mindfulness is preparing to be able to go through those moments with a little bit more peace.
2: Mm, definitely. I mean, the practice of yoga it expanded my patience, my ability to not take things personally, which is huge in every like altercation I've had with someone else, instead of making it all about me, I can see more clearly the relationship. Does that make sense? Like,
1: kind of step back from it a little yeah, bit. Yeah,
2: exactly. Less attachment. I mean, anytime to this day, like anytime I feel frustrated or like out of alignment, it's usually because I'm not practicing regularly and then the moment I'm on my mat or the moment I sit and close my eyes for meditation it's just like this feeling of relief washes over me and I remember you know it's like I have this expanded perspective and you know I can get so caught up in like what's going on and if there's a traumatic situation or like it just it, it's so close you know what I mean and then when you are practicing I doing any of these like mindfulness techniques, It's like I get this zoom out experience. And I'm like, I can see the forest for the trees, right? And it's like it's not that big of a deal or I can get through this. And it's just it's always supportive regardless of what I'm going through.
1: Yeah, you don't ever, (laughs) I always say, you don't leave yoga being like, I wish I didn't do that.
2: Oh, yeah. And even like teaching, there have been a ton of times where honestly I've like dreaded teaching a class where I'm like, oh, I don't want to go, What you know, whatever the reason is. But afterwards, I always feel so much better and I'm always so happy that I did it. Even if I'm just showing up for someone else, just being in that energy and sharing the practice, its it connects us. It empowers us every time.
1: Yeah. I'll even – me and my sister have this like running thing back, back and forth between each other where we both won't do yoga for a while. Mm. One of us will do yoga mm. and then they'll text and be like, oh, my God, yoga is <laughs> the secret. We have to keep going. And then, we, and then you get out of it for a little while yes. and then you go back. Yeah, it's funny. It's, it's, it's such a vital piece. I always recommend that all my clients have mm. some kind of yoga practice, mm-hmm. whatever it is, not only because it helps them prepare for like working out that they have great mobility, but and it keeps them way less sore. But mm-hmm. if you want to create change in your life, you have to develop mindfulness. Yeah. And yoga is such an easy way to do it because you don't even really think – you don't have to you, – if you just practice, you will become more mindful. It's, exactly. It's a side effect.
2: They say – An amazing
1: positive side effect.
2: Exactly. Practice and all is coming. And and that's really what I experienced It was like – I was just going to get a workout and I left feeling, you know, falling in love with myself and feeling good and I, I want everyone to experience that and that's why I teach because I want to provide these tools to people because I know that. You know, if I'm feeling this way, I'm not the only one who's dealing with stress and anxiety and insecurity and all these other things that yoga has really transformed in me. And also, like, we live such sedentary lifestyles, especially after becoming couch potatoes in 2020, that just moving your body, it's like we forget how freeing that can be from being stuck in these, like, little hunched over shells of a, you know, person to... Opening up and yeah. feeling strong and powerful—it's
1: good. And it changes your energy. When your shoulders are back, your chest is up. Mm-hmm. It changes your psyche. At least yes. that's what I've experienced.
2: Oh, totally. One of my teachers, she says, your physiology influences your psychology. So it's like the way that you carry your physical body has an effect on how you feel. So if you're hunched over and you're looking down, and you know your organ body is crushed and your vision is cut off, it's a much different experience. And if you're Sitting tall, and your shoulders are back, and you're looking out, and you can see the world in front of you. You know, you're presenting yourself differently, and just in that little act makes such a huge difference in, in how you feel and how you show up.
1: So all these things are starting to help people create change in their life. So you're developing mindfulness through the practice. You're developing better health. Mm-hmm. You're starting to uh, have gratitude and express gratitude. So the energy of people, you know, your experience and people experiencing you is changing what are some other tools you have people implement like Mm -hmm. meditation or
2: yeah um meditation definitely changed my life it was a practice that I was extremely resistant to
1: we're in your (laughs) yoga journey where you introduced meditation and
2: I had you know had moments of meditating in shavasana and like in practices but I was very scared to sit with myself. I didn't want to face whatever I had been suppressing for years. (laughs) Like, I don't (laughs) want it to come up. I don't want to deal with it. It was a few years into my yoga practice, maybe like five, four or five or something. And it was after a breakup, which was a really intense relationship, which I have have a tendency to attract some intense people <laughs> okay so this was a it was like a big one i was 23 i think and i taught yoga at this like yoga festival in la and i met someone there who took my class and he was like oh do you meditate and I was like no 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 that's not for me you know i, I don't think so And he was like, I think you should meditate, you know, like there's, you need this. And I just had one excuse after another, you know, oh, I can't, I don't know how, I don't, you know, I have, I'm not consistent or whatever. And so he actually introduced me to this app called One Giant Mind and the founder of it, his name is Johnny Pollard and he's one of my meditation teachers and he's just an angel on earth. I highly recommend everything from him. He's just absolutely incredible. And the app breaks it down in a way that it's like you start off and there's like a 12-day challenge and every day you learn a little bit and then it unlocks this like 30-day challenge. And I remember so distinctly like hearing all of the limiting beliefs in my mind, like you never finish anything, you start, you're not consistent, like you don't have enough time, just all of these excuses, right, of why I shouldn't. And I just remember becoming so aware of them in that moment, feeling like, I need to prove this to myself, that I actually can commit to something and do it. So I I had my headphones next to the bed, and at the time, I, I had to wake up really early for work, and I was like, I'm just going to set my alarm for 15 minutes earlier, give myself no excuses, wake up, put the headphones on, and meditate. And I was determined because at that time I needed to make a change in my life and I didn't know how. And this was like just presenting itself to me. And it's like, okay, I can't ignore this. It's like the signs, right?
1: Why did you feel like you needed to make a change in your life?
2: Because I had just been in a string of unhealthy relationships and you know it gets to a point where it's like okay maybe it's not the other person maybe it's me i need to do some work on myself i need to look at myself more honestly and figure get to the root and uh, i wasn't willing to do that until that moment in my life but then it just came to a head and was like something needs to change and i need to be the one to make this shift so, um, yeah, I started my meditation practice and I was just blown away with how I, the difference in how I felt. It was like I was becoming friends with myself and like understanding, you know, I also went into a very deep dive of like the belief system and our thought patterns and how our thoughts and beliefs are formed and so this was all happening for me at one time and I was just really trying to understand why I am the way I am and why I feel this way and, Yeah, meditation was like a revelation. It just transformed my relationship with myself on a so much more deeper level.
1: What was the practice you were doing?
2: It was a mantra practice. So the mantra is aham, A-H-A-M, and it just means I am. And it's a practice of effortlessness, which is something that I really like to teach now because I feel like we put so much pressure on ourselves to have things be a certain way before we can do our practice or whatever it is. But it's like it just is what it is, and there's freedom in that. Um, So, yeah, you just concentrate on the mantra until it almost – doesn't even sound or feel like a word anymore. It's just a vibration of sound. Um and you know you lose it and you come back and that's a part of the practice too. Um so yeah. I did the twelve days and the thirty days and I was like, I formed a habit. Here we go. <laughs>
1: that's awesome. On your app do you have meditation Challenges or things they can follow?
2: I don't have meditation challenges, but I have tried to come up with meditations for all the scenarios from Perfect. anxiety relief meditation to a peace meditation, morning and evening, and just all those little things in between.
1: I think there needs to be more apps with meditation, so I'm excited that more of my clients and people listening will yes. be able to access it. I think that's key. and. You know, I don't love apps for a lot of things, but I think meditation is, and some people poo-poo it, but mm-hmm. it's, it works. It's profound. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so accessible. You can, yeah. you know, if you're <laughs> at Thanksgiving with your family and shit's hitting the <laughs> fan, you can go in the bathroom, put on some headphones yes. and just chill out for a couple seconds.
2: Mm-hmm. It's transformative. And it really like, it only takes a few minutes to shift from like the chaos into like, oh, okay, I can breathe. I'm Okay.
1: Yeah. So what are some meditation practices that you recommend for someone just beginning other than obviously going your app and exploring, but what's a very simple one other than mantra?
2: Yes. I mean, there's so many practices and techniques. I think it's good to explore different ones until you find something that resonates one size doesn't fit all and even as we grow and change you know the meditations that we need change with us mantra i think is really helpful because it gives something to concentrate on and most people are like oh i can't quiet my mind but it's not about silencing your mind i don't think i think it's just developing awareness and being present with whatever thoughts you're experiencing. One meditation that I really like is like looking into the flame of a candle. So that's an eyes open meditation. And another one which we were kind of talking about right before we started recording is is mirror work.
1: Oh Yeah, that's intense. Tell us about that.
2: Yeah, it's really intense. So in my meditation teacher training that I did with Johnny of One Giant Mind, we were a group, you know, and one of our um, like tasks or one of our assignments was to do a mirror work so we meditate for 10 minutes and then sit in front of a mirror and do eye gazing with yourself and the first time I did it I sat down and I just got so angry like I, I just I felt so much resistance coming up and I just didn't want to look at myself I felt like just judgment and all of this like negativity and I just I was like, I'm not doing this. So we have our next group call, whatever. Everyone's sharing their experience. I'm like, oh, it was so beautiful. I felt so much love for myself. And I'm just like <laughs> seething, like, what the hell? <laughs> like, I did not have this experience at all.
1: Yeah. I want so, my money back.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and one of my friends, she was like, well, just try looking in your own left eye instead of just like looking at yourself so I was like all right I guess I'll try this again so I meditate and I sit down in front of the mirror I was like I'm just gonna look in my own left eye just point it out in the mirror I'm like just concentrate concentrate and it I had the craziest experience like I was not on drugs but it certainly felt like I was so I'm looking into my eye right and it's like all of a sudden everything around me goes gray and all I can see is my eye in the mirror and it's like changing sizes I know this sounds so trippy but this is really what happened and like I see it like getting bigger and I'm like whoa and anytime I tried to like rationalize what was going on I like snapped out of it and and it's back in my living room so quickly concentrate concentrate So I'm looking in my eye, and I get back into that like hazy field or whatever, and I start to see my face aging like, getting really, really, really old, so many wrinkles, and then disintegrate into, like, my skull. Like, I could, was just looking at, like, a skull. And then wow. I started to see my face changing into, like, different people and different, even, like, creatures. Like, I couldn't even describe what I was seeing. And then the bell goes off. I was like, what just happened? <laughs> Where am I? Who am I? What's going on? And so I go to our next group session, I was like, guys, wow, what a difference. And my teacher, Johnny, was like, you tapped into the morphogenetic field, which I was saying a little bit earlier. It's the field of consciousness of all of the lives we've lived. And I was just like, wow, this is really powerful. So that was a really cool technique. And and anytime I've done eye gazing or mirror work, I usually have a very profound experience. But that first one where I was like, you know what? I'm just going to deal with this resistance and push through it and just do it. It was like, there's magic here.
1: So it's just a form of meditation, is yeah, the eye it's gazing? Just a form. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But just a deeper form.
2: I mean, the left eye they, whoever they say is like the esoteric eye to the soul, right? Our left side is the side of the heart. It's our intuition. And I think just having something to concentrate on is also more helpful and gets you out of the like judgment of when you look at yourself, you're like, oh, this could be a little different. And why is that like that or whatever? So it's just like focus. But yeah, like even like, if you do eye gazing with yourself or with someone else, it's just, it's a really in- intense and powerful and also confrontational, but Rich form of connection,
1: if someone wanted to do eye gazing with their partner or friend, mm-hmm. how would they how do you go about setting mm-hmm. that up?
2: I think taking a few minutes before to just like calm your mind and get into like a more meditative state, whether that's just taking a few breaths together, just sitting with your eyes closed for a few minutes, and then sitting cross-legged across from one another, comfortable position. Pointing out the left eye is helpful to like show you where to concentrate. And then you can have a little timer. It can be as short as like two minutes or as long as like 10 and just being present with one another without any expectation and just connecting and breathing.
1: What has your experience been like doing that with somebody?
2: Always very powerful. I mean, I am a very visual person and have had like these – crazy like hallucinogenic experiences dead sober looking at someone where i i I get into that same space where i see their faces change into someone else completely and it's so trippy but it's really cool (laughs) (laughs) and i always feel like i see their soul in a way like you get past the layers of like this external self and you really just see someone for who they are.
1: Become present with them again. Mm-hmm. That's really cool.
2: Yeah, it's really nice. And it's really cool like it, to do with strangers and it's like all of a sudden you just, you connect.
1: I've done it before and I I, uh, I remember the first time doing it. It was a very yeah. powerful experience. Um, and it really brings up a lot of stuff inside of you. Yeah. It can be it's very intense. very
2: vulnerable. You're like, oh, someone's really just looking at me
1: that's that's super intense do you have other practices that couples can do or people can connect with each other even just friends other than eye gazing
2: partner yoga is always fun um after the pandemic you know i was teaching online solely and then started teaching classes and last summer i taught like a yoga in the park class and you know i asked first anyone want hands-on adjustments or not and You know, it was very simple. I just, in Shavasana, put my hand on someone's shoulders to press them down. And afterwards, she came up to me and was like, I don't even remember the last time that someone touched me. And that broke my heart because physical connection can be so powerful and so healing and so loving. And so I think just... Like a simple touch is really powerful practice for people to connect. So, I mean, I have a hands on adjustments little video in my in my app because it's such a fun way to show someone love and it feels so good, too. So. It's a nice way to do it.
1: That's cool. <laughs> what other things are in your app other than meditation? Yeah. You have practice. What else?
2: So it. I tried to make it like a full wellness library. So there's tutorials and breakdowns for different poses. There's breath work practices. There's workouts. Um, there's also like little podcasts. No, they're not podcasts, but they're just like um, audio kind of going into some subjects like manifesting or self-love or how to set an intention kind of some of these wellness things that we hear but we're like okay but what does that actually mean yeah so yeah just kind of break that down and make it super practical and applicable it
1: sounds awesome i'll definitely have to explore it please can you tell me a little bit more when breath work entered into your practice
2: yes um i remember The first time I, like, really did a breathwork session in class, I was on a yoga retreat, and the teacher, his name is Philip Askew, he's also such a talented teacher, so huge wealth of knowledge. Um, And we did breathwork, and I was high. I was just, like, out of body, just, like, (laughs) transcending level. You know, it's challenging. It's effort, but, wow, once you break through that, like, holy shit, I can't do this, to, like, I'm doing it. It's just, like, I don't know how else to describe it other than, like, out of body and just, like, it's so powerful. You really get high on your own supply. (laughs) 100%. You know what I mean?
1: (laughs) (laughs) What was the practice? Do you remember the technique of what you guys did?
2: It was, like, 30 minutes straight of, like, different Kapalabhati techniques, which is, like, breath of fire, a lot Mm. of, like, forceful breathing, and then just, like, sitting in a deep meditation. It was I find – because, you know, I, I teach breath work in the beginning of most of my classes. I just find like it's such a quick way to drop into your body and get out of the analytical monkey mind and just like become present.
1: Prepare yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really
2: prepare for practice.
1: That's really cool. Uh, tell me about another uh, powerful breathing technique that you use now or in classes.
2: Mm. Well, we can use the breath for so many different effects to energize or to calm down. One practice that I always come back to is Nadi Shodana, which is alternate nostril breathing. And it's just meant to bring balance. You know, I've found so many different extremes in my life, and I always crave just a balance between, you know, being a part of the world and being true to myself, the balance of masculine and feminine, the balance of effort and surrender. And so this technique, you're literally breathing out of one nostril and then the other. And I think of it as like we have these three main channels in our body, right side, left side, and then the central channel. And it acts as like a braid, weaving them all together and making it even more powerful and like a breed is strong versus like three strands, right? Just so all it's over just the like place. Integration.
1: That's a beautiful way of putting that. Mm. I've never heard it described that way. <laughs> That's awesome. I was gonna ask something. Mm. <laughs> what is your morning ritual now? People always love to hear how people start yeah. their day. I'm coffee. I'm I'm curious. <laughs> yeah, coffee. <laughs>
2: I love coffee so much.
1: Walk me through
2: Okay. Wake up. I have two dogs and they sleep in the bed. So just like first thing, they're such lovers. Like they think that they're little babies or something and they just want to cuddle in the morning and it's the best way to start the day ever. What are their names? Bodhi and Blue. Such lovers. So morning cuddles always very important. That's a great way to start the
1: day. It's my favorite way to start <laughs>
2: the day. And i I will have a coffee really before doing anything else. I'm very spoiled in that way. We have a lovely coffee machine and I just... I love it so much. <laughs> but I will do I'll do my journaling while I have my coffee and then I'll do a meditation and usually take the dogs for a walk and I can get caught up really quickly in like my tasks and the things I need to do for the day or getting on the computer and getting sucked into emails or social media. So I have to make a conscious effort to not just pick up my phone first thing. Um, so getting out of the house is, is helpful. I'm like, okay, I'm taking care of someone other than myself, making sure these dogs are all good. And then I try to practice whenever I can if I'm not teaching. But yeah, if I can get all that done in the morning, then it's a great day already.
1: It, what's your day like when you don't get that done?
2: I definitely feel more like affected by stress if I'm not practicing or meditating. It's like... My capacity to withstand just the challenges of life increases so much more when I've done my practice because it's like things just bounce off of me. It's like it's not that big of a deal. You know what I mean? Whereas if I don't, then I can be more irritable or more stressed or worried. So I just feel like, yeah, when I do those things, I just I feel better and I can be more productive and just interact with the world better.
1: That's great. How do you end your day? Do you have a ritual or?
2: Mm, not so much. Um, I smoke weed. Am I allowed to say that?
1: <laughs> yeah, go for it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, you know, I grew up in Southern California. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely smoke a little weed at night to help unwind.
1: Cool. Do um, you microdose or anything?
2: Mm, no, I have in the past, but I haven't done it like consistently now.
1: Is weed more your plant? yeah. That's cool, That's yeah. yeah, yeah, <laughs> everybody's got their kind of like uh plant they're more attracted to, yeah, coffee and weed,
2: coffee and weed, yeah, I don't drink, so just because I'm like it just doesn't feel good and anymore, yeah, so
1: I've never seen alcohol benefit anybody's life. Yeah. I've never heard like. To a client, you know, start microdosing with a little bit <laughs> of whiskey, a
2: a day, you'll bit be of whiskey <laughs> every single
1: day starts to improve That's your so life. Funny. Never, <laughs> yeah, never heard
2: that. If I can get in an evening meditation for a while, there, I was meditating twice a day for 20 minutes. Wow, each session, and wow, that was really powerful. So if I can get in that double meditation, it's like, woo, feeling great,
1: flying high. Mm-hmm. I've been so bad with meditation lately, but you're inspiring me to get back into it. What's your biggest tip for someone wanting to create change in their life?
2: Wanting to create change. I mean, I think we can become so hard on ourselves I mean, I can be so hard on myself if I don't do something I say I'm going to do and then I get into this kind of loop where it's like, oh, well, I didn't do it one day, so I'm not going to do it again. You know what I mean? So I think being easier on ourselves, like knowing what the goal is. But if you miss a day of meditation, not berating yourself and making yourself feel so bad about it that you don't want to do it again because then you're of fear of missing out again. Does that make sense? It makes sense. So, yeah, being kinder with ourselves, but I guess discipline is pretty important if you really want to make a change. So, I don't know, you got to find that balance.
1: <laughs> and, you know, if if you really desire creating change, then that desire will help you with that discipline, mm-hmm. right? And that's what it's going to come down to.
2: Yeah, anytime that I've really created a shift in my life, it's because I've said, okay, this is it, we're making a change, and just that's the decision,
1: you have to cut your energy off you from any other possibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What would you say to someone who feels a little bit hopeless or lost? Because I experienced different people with their health and well-being. Or like mm-hmm. when you first started, you were like, yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what's happening. What's something you would say to anybody out there feeling that?
2: Mm, I think, you know, like I said, we really look outside of ourselves a lot for direction and guidance when each of us has our own path each of us has our own purpose here on earth and our own way of fulfilling that and it doesn't have to be any way that someone else does it and I think taking more time to understand yourself and to look within for your own answers is the most fulfilling way instead of you know doing something because your parents told you to or because society told you to it's like you are your own guide and at the end of the day it's you with you so making time to really understand yourself and yeah look within trusting that inner guidance
1: i think that's super important uh you know deciding the way you want to live but also you know judging your actions based on how you feel about them
2: Mm -hmm.
1: right not how society or friends or anybody around you Mm -hmm. that's really cool what are your intentions and goals for 2022
2: Mm. to cultivate more community in in-person experiences, and I would love to travel in the states more and teach at different studios and new communities, and just meet new people and provide the tools and the access to those wellness practices that we know are just so good. That's awesome. Mm-hmm.
1: All right, I want you to pimp yourself out. Where okay. do, where do we find you? <laughs> How do we, tr- you know, how do we practice with you? Yes. Where are all the ways we can hang out with?
2: Okay. Well, in person, I teach a few times a week at Black Swan, which is a studio here in Austin and also at the FP Movement Studio. So that's on my website, mickeyash.com, which has just all the info. And you can follow me on Instagram at mickeyash. And I do have like free meditations on youtube and a ton on my igtv my app the how is free to download and free to sign up and there's like over 70 practices on there already good job thank you it's been fun i think that's it
1: awesome yeah any final thoughts
2: I'm just so grateful to be able to share. I feel like, you know, most of my business is on Instagram and it's just so short and like, you know, we scroll through things so quickly. So it's nice to actually like have a longer conversation. That's not just like a swipe of, you know, an interaction.
1: Exactly. So
2: thank you so much.
1: Yeah. uh, That's my intention with this podcast is, you know, share people's Mm -hmm. wisdom and really get to know them Mm -hmm. in a longer format. Yeah. I think it
2: makes a difference. And, you know, I think we're all really seeking that connection and I am, and I always encourage people to just like reach out and connect. I'm here. I love connecting with people in the community, whether it's online or in person. So Awesome. Thanks for having me.
1: Thank you so much for being here. Mm -hmm. I'm very grateful. What a dope episode. Mickey, thank you so much for being on the podcast super rad. And what I want you to do is I want you to pick one of the mindfulness practices that Mickey has mentioned, whether it's beginning doing a once a week yoga practice, or it's doing an eye gazing ritual, or it's finding some kind of meditation that works for you. I want you to pick something and I want you to commit to it for the next 30 days. Whatever it may be, might just be once a week, might be every day for five minutes, whatever it is want you to pick something because developing mindfulness in your daily life is going to create change, as you've seen in Mickey's life and others. So I want you to take some time and figure out what that is. Or if there was something here that has sparked your curiosity, download the How app and start to dive into it. Start to get the momentum going. The best thing you can do when trying to create change in your life is make momentum matter. Take action now. As soon as you feel that motivation, you feel that strong desire, you need to set things in motion immediately to create change. It's very important. All right, thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please send it to someone that you think will benefit from it, and I appreciate you all being here.
0: Thanks for listening to Bodies by Brent. Brent has been a personal trainer for 16 years and he's going to be here to help you get the body and health you've always wanted. Thanks for checking out the show and be sure to subscribe and leave a review if you have an idea or topic for the show. Maybe you want to be on the show and you're interested in working with Brent. Visit our Instagram at bodies by Brent ATX. See you next time on bodies by Brent.